I get, I get excited because it's like, whether I've seen them two days ago, or if it's been two weeks, I'm just pumped to see people out and about and chat with them and stuff. Yeah. I love and I that. think, I think a big part of that too, is, um, a, a buddy passed away in 20, was it 2012 or 2013. And he was very much that type of person where if he saw you, it didn't matter if he saw you yesterday or if it had been two weeks, he would be so excited. Like he hasn't seen you in two years. Right. And I just like, remember thinking to myself, I'm going to, that's how I'm going to carry myself moving forward is, is, is that because that meant so much to me when I would see him and that's how he would react. So I want people to kind of feel the same. You know what I mean? Welcome to Winning the Divine Lottery podcast. This is an opportunity for you to discover your birthright, your inherent worthiness. You are more than enough to live the life your heart desires. You are truly worthy of it all. I'm your host, Amy Dons. Let's do the world a favor and step into ourselves fully so we can give others permission to do the same. Episode is sponsored by locally owned and operated Anytime Fitness Regina, your small, friendly, community-filled gym that has a little something for everyone. At Anytime Fitness, you can work out anytime. Get 24-7 access to every location with your membership anywhere in the world. We have multiple memberships, including deals for students, healthcare workers, and emergency responders. Stay active this fall and give Anytime a try. Contact Lindsay for your free trial and personalized trainer session at 306-205-7220. Again, that's 306-205-7220. In today's episode, I get to speak with Mark Johnston, who is a radio show host of local radio station in Regina, Saskatchewan, Play 92 FM. Mark is such a bright light in a world that needs positivity. He is truly himself everywhere he goes and whatever he is doing. I've run into him many times and you can count on him being the authentic guy that will always welcome you with open arms. He has a genuine interest in people and learning about them and that makes him the guy to want to be around. And he does it all being sober. Mark shares his story of how his life got better after making the decision to get sober at the young age of 25 and how it's possible for anyone to do the same. Mark is a new dad whose son turned one on October 27th, 2023. He's engaged to an amazing girl. You can hear Mark every weekday morning on Play 92 in Regina and see him at the Ryder Games as he is the in-game host for the team. When he's not parenting or working, he's golfing or playing hockey. And now for the episode, get ready because it's a lot of fun and it will truly inspire you. Hey, Mark, it's so nice to see you and have you here today on our, our first real day of winter. We, we had some snow overnight, hey? Yeah, I woke up this morning and I did the dreaded like peek out the window to see what we were dealing with and saw it and was just like, no, I don't think anyone's ever ready. And especially for this, this amount of snow too, it's, uh, it's like, we're right into winter. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mother Nature didn't get shy with the amount she brought us. No, she didn't want to ease us in or anything. She just was like, here you go. Here's a bunch of snow. Good luck. So I already did my I already did my shoveling today. So I got my workout in. Nice. I love it so much. Well, you are are quite the guy. I've been around you a few times for different events in the Mm -hmm. city. I would love for you just to open up and share with you what brought you to this point in your life, maybe going into that your your new dad, well, not so new anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a son who's actually turning uh, one on Friday, which is hard to believe. Uh, so I'm I'm engaged uh, and my fiance and I are going to get married next year in May of 2024, which we're really looking forward to. And yeah, we have a, have a little son and uh, we've built a, built a great life together. Uh, We live here in Regina. She's a social worker. I'm uh, in radio. Uh, We've got great family, great friends. We have a dog as well. Who's actually sleeping right beside me right now. Awesome. She looks so cute. Yeah, we, we we had a cat. Sadly, had to put him down, and we felt like the house was a bit empty. So we were like, "Well, let's uh, let's maybe get a dog." And we rescued a dog, and we haven't looked back. She's such a sweetheart. So yeah, that's uh, just a little snippet. If you want me to go further back, I'm more than happy to go further back or uh, whatever you would like. Yeah, well, I just think you're such a great inspiration. I almost want to ask you if you'll do your good morning for us. Even though it's the <laughs> afternoon, I, it's so contagious every time I hear it. I gotta, I gotta get because the only time I ever do it is in the studio. So I oh, have okay. to like, okay, I have to, I have to get into it. Kind of good morning. <laughs> I hope that Thank sounded you. similar. See, I, I'm, I'm just so used to doing it in the studio where it's just automatic. But anytime outside of the studio, I'm like, how do I do it again? <laughs> I get that you're in the atmosphere where where that turns on for you. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like it's just second nature now to me when when I do that cuz I do it yeah during my show I do it three times. 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m. and it's just yeah, it's just it's natural now to me so. Yeah, how many people stop you and and ask you to do that or does that ever happen? Actually, yeah, quite a few people. I I also yell it's Friday on Friday just to like get people in the mood for the weekend and whatnot. Uh, so I've had people ask me to do that too. And I've also like considered because it's funny, people either love that I yell good morning in the morning or people are like, oh no, this, I hate this. It's too early. Like you don't do that kind of thing. But I've thought about for a while making a shirt, somehow incorporating that and maybe donating some of the money to uh to a charity here in Regina. I just haven't got a, an actual graphic yet or a charity pick, but I think that's something might do eventually. It's wild that you just said that. Cause I was honestly going to say you need a t-shirt. We're on this. See, we're on the same page, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you are wearing a hoodie today that says mental mm-hmm. health matters. And I know you have a little bit of a story to share around that. Would you mind just opening up that space mm-hmm. for us and having this conversation? Because I know Movember, actually, when your episode gets airs, it will be Movember uh, for men's mental health awareness. And I would just love you being a man and, and going through something mm-hmm. like that. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. And this was just a happy accident that I'm I'm wearing this sweater. So it's, uh, it's perfect. But yeah, so I, uh, 
I got sober in uh, December of 2015. And uh, shortly after I got sober, I started dealing with mental health, uh, anxiety, and depression. And I think it was I, I, I mean, I think it's always been a part of me. It's just that the alcohol, I think, was masking it enough that I didn't really realize uh, that it, you know, that it was there. So after I got sober, started started dealing with it quite a bit, and um, it finally kind of boiled over to the point where it's like, okay, something needs to be done. And was it the summer of 2016, I think? Um, and I was just struggling, a lot of stuff going on at work and whatnot. And uh, then I finally. You know, I was like, okay, I should address this. And actually what I what I did end up doing, and I, I kind of was like putting it off for a while, um, getting on uh, medication. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I feel like it's going to change the the person that I am and, and that kind of thing, right? And uh, it was my fiance that just kind of like encouraged me. Well, no, why? Like, give it, give it a try, right? And I've been on medication um, ever since. So I think, again, that was maybe the summer of 2016 or late 2016. Not exactly sure. The time kind of flies by, especially now having a kid. But um, yeah, it was it was a great decision. And it's not like I still don't deal with, you know, anxiety and depression. It's just the medication helps a lot. And to be honest with you right now in life, uh, my mental health is is pretty good. I'm in a pretty good spot. So it's not like I can sit here and say that I'm doing a lot of different things to, or like at least consciously doing a lot of different things to make sure my mental health is good. It's just, it's things are really good right now. And I think things that do help, uh, I play sports, I play golf. I not today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I play hockey. Like I try to stay active. Um, I feel like that, that helps. And, and just keeping myself on the go as well. Like I really, I really do love my job and being on the radio and being creative, which I feel like helps a lot. And then I have a part-time job with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders doing the in-game hosting. So I feel like that, uh, that's awesome. It's just, it's, yeah, it's all that kind of together that I feel like keeps, keeps my mental health in check and, and, and good. Yeah. It sounds like you lead a life where you really formulate things that are important to you Mm -hmm. and, and fulfill you like from the inside out. And that's really important. I know for myself, how creativity is such a huge part of my life and, and being active as well. Can Mm -hmm. you take me back to before you were sober? What, what led you into that time in your life? So, um, before I get into that, uh, yeah, the creativity thing too, um, I've actually been considering, this is just a side note, but it, it popped in my head again. I've, I've been considering, I'm not very artistic when it comes to creativity, but I've been really wanting to just get like a canvas and just start like painting and see what I come up with. Cause I think that, um, you, you can be creative in so many different ways for me. It's on the radio and doing like funny videos on social media, but if it's painting or just there are so many different things and that's definitely one thing that I do want to eventually uh try out I should probably go over to Michael's now that they've reopened and and, and buy some stuff but uh Mark yeah, you know was, who you're talking to yeah I, yeah exactly I'm an artist I'm like yeah. I, I have canvases all around me right now and I'm like yeah just start that's how I started it was honestly just a magnetic pull to start mm-hmm. painting and I had no experience whatsoever and now over a decade later here I am yeah, so that's that's kind of like what what I want to do. So I I think I've 
will end up doing that. I'm a, I'm very much a procrastinator, so I've been thinking about it for a while and just haven't pulled the trigger. But uh, uh, I will I will eventually pull the trigger. Now back to your question about sobriety. So I started drinking when I was 15 years old, and um, from 15 to 25, it really was a problem the entire you know time that I drank but it wasn't like I was an everyday drinker I was a binge drinker so when I did drink it was just I didn't know when to stop um and I and I can tell that's just my personality because there are other things in life now that um for example Halloween candy I'm a binge Halloween candy eater like I don't uh, the only time I'll stop is when I don't feel good so I'll get to that point so that was that was alcohol and from like I said, 15 to 25, so many things happened in my life that should have been kind of the um, the message to me, like, hey, you know, this isn't for you. It's time to get sober. But it wasn't until uh, December of 2015 that, uh, or no, sorry, January of 2015, a relationship ended, and then after that relationship ended, because of my alcohol and drug use, I was like, okay that's the last straw like something needs to be done so then that full year was me just kind of getting sober for a little bit and then falling off the wagon getting sober for a little bit falling off the wagon and then finally december 29th um was was my first official day of sobriety and i haven't touched anything since now december 29th not exactly the best time to get sober considering it's like <laughs> right before new year's but if you if if i uh, i figured if i could make it through that i could i could get through anything wow 15 yeah. i think about that my son's 15 and as a parent mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't even know what to do if if he started to drink um i'm i say i'm fortunate enough and i know this could go any other direction but he's really committed to actually never touching alcohol or drugs in his life on his own. But I also think we all have our own journeys. Mm-hmm. What, what brought you into that? Were you just always around alcohol? Was it peer pressure? Um, Can I ask a quick question to you? How yeah. your son, how come, like, what was his decision or why did he choose or want to choose to do that? I think, honestly, he's so connected mark he is such an extraordinary young man and his dad is a recovering addict Mm. i don't know if that has anything to do with it he was too young really to consciously remember a lot of that um but it's just he's so focused like he has really big goals and dreams Mm. already and he's just so focused and he just doesn't see that playing a part of his life well good for him because i mean um just back to the question you asked me, it was like when you were when you were 15 in high school, that was just kind of like going to a party, let's drink. Like it was just kind of everyone was doing it. So you're almost like, OK, well, yeah, let's do it. Um, and I think that's good that a 15 year old can be like, no, it's it's not for me because um, it doesn't matter if you're 15, 25, 35, like you can get sober, right. Or you cannot touch alcohol. If it's for him being 15 years old, like you don't have to wait until you're 60 to be like, okay, I'm going to do it. Right. And that's kind of why, like, I like talking about this and talking about getting sober at 25 because it can show other people that you can be young, get sober and still have fun. You know, it doesn't, not everything revolves around alcohol, although it seems like in our society, it kind of does, but Mm -hmm. I, I have more fun now being sober than when I was 
uh, drinking and doing drugs because I remember it, right? Yeah, I can Mm -hmm. relate to that too. I mean, I used to drink, I've dabbled uh, with marijuana Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, But it's true. Like now that I've lived a really clean life, I experience way more joy and Mm -hmm. way more bliss and without any of that. So I think it's, was it a spiritual journey for you at all? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was a little bit. Yeah. Like it, uh, spiritual in the sense of like to me the higher power is the universe and it was kind of like uh, different signs from the universe and different signs now that I got sober from like so many good things have happened to me in my life since getting sober that I'm like this is the universe rewarding me for getting sober you know like a great fiance an awesome kid a a dog beside me here that's great a house uh, great job, friends, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's the universe being like good work because if I didn't get sober, I would have none of this. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And I love having this conversation too. I think it's important for people to know no matter where they are in their life that they can get sober and being sober is actually pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I find like people, want to be like they want to be around me more that now that I'm sober than when I was drinking or doing drugs I always thought like oh everyone loved me I was the life of the party the girls love me this and that and then hearing stories from back then it's like no that that was not the case (laughs) (laughs) reality check and Mm -hmm. I think that's just you and like you as as a character you just are very outgoing and you love to be around people correct Mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong but you really are the life of the party and I think you probably have way more life to give now on the other side of that and that's I think that's part of uh, just back to mental health I think a big part of like uh uh keeping my mental health in check and in good order is being around other people. Like I love going to different events when there are tons of people there and seeing all sorts of people that I know and having conversations with each of them, whether that be, you know, a minute or two or five to 10 minutes. It's just like, I thrive on that stuff and I love it. And obviously I'm an extrovert, right? Because some introverts are probably listening, being like, that sounds like a nightmare to me. I do not want to ever have to do that. But for me, it's just, it's just the best. I I love seeing people and I get, I get excited because it's like, whether I've seen them two days ago, or if it's been two weeks, I'm just pumped to see people out and about and chat with them and stuff. Yeah. I love that. I think, I think a big part of that too, is, um, a, a buddy passed away in 20, 2012 or 2013. And he was very much that type of person where if he saw you, it didn't matter if he saw you yesterday or if it had been two weeks, he would be so excited. Like he hasn't seen you in two years. Right. And I just like, remember thinking to myself, I'm going to, that's how I'm going to carry myself moving forward is, is, is that because that meant so much to me when I would see him and that's how he would react. So I want people to kind of feel the same. You know what I mean? People definitely feel the same. I remember how mm-hmm. much you just took to my parents, especially my dad, oh, yeah. oh, when you yeah. met them and we ran into you. I don't know. It was like a year later, I think. And oh, uh, yeah. they still talk about you. Your parents are the best. I still have your mom's phone number, I think, in Do my you? in my contacts. Yeah, because that was 
And that was awesome too, just being able to connect and do that. You did an event where we gave flowers away at Wascana mm-hmm. Flower Shop. And that was that was so much fun. Just a bunch of people there having a good time and whatnot. And yeah, like even I love just like, I think I chatted with your parents about, you know, what they did and where they live and this and that. And that's a big part of it too, is I like hearing other people's stories as well. And that's why I've asked you a few questions because it's like, well, no, I like to learn about other people as well. Yeah. And that's how we create connection, right? Too. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, at that time in my life, so I'm, I'm extrovert introvert. I used to be full extrovert, but the older I've gotten, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's changed a little bit, but there were times in my life where I was really isolated and to the point where like it wasn't healthy for me. Mm-hmm. So I know when I started putting myself back out there that it felt really uncomfortable and really scary at first. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody who maybe isn't as extroverted as you to what could they like I don't know what could they do to help themselves if they find themselves in a situation where their mental health is suffering or maybe they're drinking too much yeah um so if someone's like introverted are you kind of saying like how can they get out of their shell kind of thing is that kind of what you're alluding to and reach out for help sometimes that's the hardest thing that for sure too yeah I'll start with that the reaching out for help thing it's like some people may not want to reach out to someone that they're really close with like a family member or something maybe they're just uncomfortable with doing that and they think that like there might be judgment or something I don't know but I always tell people like they're more than you know you can reach out to me and I'm more than happy to have a conversation with someone and um, at the end of the day it's cliche but everyone wants to help and everyone wants you to get better um so yeah it's kind of scary to take that leap but in the end you know it's it's the right thing to do and once you take that leap it just will continue to get better and better and uh, I think part of getting sober at least for me was the scariness of thinking I'm never going to be able to have a drop of alcohol again I'm 25 years old hopefully I live till I'm 85 that's like 60 years of birthdays anniversaries weddings all this of not being able to drink but now I don't think that way so it is scary off the bat but just it does it does get better and then for introverts um same kind of thing I think you just gotta like almost rip the band-aid off and and go for it and I I know that's easier said than done because that's not me but I think you just got to get out of your own head too because I think I can get into my own head sometimes where I'm at these different places seeing people and I say something that I think is like oh that was so stupid why did I say that this person's gonna think like I'm so dumb for saying that yeah when at the end of the day no (laughs) like people don't think that way it's just like go out be yourself and just people are gonna gravitate towards you and enjoy when you're actually being your authentic self you know what I mean yeah I think that's so important and I love talking about that actually uh being your authentic self because we go through different stages in our life. I feel mm-hmm. that we really care like what other people think of us and, and we kind of formulate an identity around other people's opinions and to start to really embrace your authentic self and to be you fully. I mean, that's so important because mm-hmm. it will also create the people and the environment that you're really supposed to truly be in and what you're aligned with. And if we're always trying to be something we're not, that's a, that's a hard thing to live up to. It is. It is hard. And yeah, when it be, just being yourself is, is 
is much easier. And if there's someone that doesn't like you for who you are, then they're not meant to be in your life. Right. And I, I, I like to think that I'm myself when I'm at home, when I'm at work, when I, it's just, when I'm on the radio, it's, it's me that you're getting. And, um, I'm going to make mistakes, whether it be on the radio or whatever. And I'm going to say things that I'm going to be in my head being like, should I have said that? But then after I'm like, no, that's what I was thinking. That's, that's who I am. That's, I'm going to stand by what I said. Yeah. I think, yeah, the, the, the authentic thing is just, yeah, it's, it's kind of scary. Cause yeah, you want to try to kind of maybe fit in or whatever, but it's like, no, just be yourself. People are going to appreciate who you are. Yeah, that's so important. I feel like mm-hmm. that's a lifelong journey too. The, mm-hmm. It shows up in different ways in our lives. Um, I, w- I really want to ask you something a little deeper, maybe getting into mm-hmm. just being a man and the societal expectations and conditioning around that. I'm not sure what your upbringing was like or what you learned growing up and being a man was really supposed to be and how you maybe navigated that and came into the man that you are today. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, hmm, That's a good question. Um, Are you kind of alluding to like, uh, was the upbringing like to be a man, like uh, uh, use power tools and this and that kind of thing? Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah, well, there's so much conditioning around what it means to be a man. Like, yeah. you can't be vulnerable. You can't show right. emotions. I mean, that's such the old conditioning, but I still see it everywhere. And I'm just wondering if you had that upbringing or did you not buy into that? No, I would uh, I would say I did kind of like buy into it. I think when I got sober was really when I was like gonna come out and be vulnerable and talk about all that stuff and um I don't know well I shouldn't say that I do know why that was the case because a friend asked me to speak at one of uh her events that she was having and I just didn't even think twice about it I I I I was just like yeah I'll come and talk and talk about all this different stuff and I ended up choking up on stage and stuff as well and I've never thought really twice about um about being vulnerable or not. I think it's just, again, it's who I am and, and, and I like doing that. And I think it's good that other men are, are doing it as well. Like I think, for example, a podcast that I listen to is Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. And he's very vulnerable on his podcast and talks about different things. So I think when more guys do it, it's, it's great because we're human beings and, and we have emotions and all this. Why should we keep it all in? Like, just let it out. I don't think people appreciate it more than, you know, than you think. And people aren't judging you. They're like, man, that's awesome that that person is willing to say this and and this and that. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think it needs to be shown more so that men know that it's, it's okay. Like it's mm-hmm. totally safe to be vulnerable. It's safe to explore your emotions. It's it's safe to feel. I mean, we're all human beings. We all have emotions. We all feel, we might process differently, mm-hmm. but it's uh, genuinely so important. And I think a lot of, you know, addictions and things that we get into are because we're not willing to mm-hmm. look at those things that we're suppressing within us. Yeah, I, I agree. 
Was there a time in your whole journey that you felt like completely broken and you didn't see a way out or was there always a light for you? Uh, no, when that relationship ended in early 2015, um, I was pretty, I was broken and just wasn't in a good place from January of 2015 to, well, even, excuse me, even after I got sober, right. It was just like, it was a breakup and then realizing that, oh, this is a problem and I have to fix it. And all, like all of it was just weighing on me very heavily and I was not in a in a good place at all and I don't really recall if I shared that much with people at the time or not but definitely definitely do now but yeah I don't recall if I ever like said to someone like oh <laughs> this is how I'm feeling or I just kind of like dealt with it myself I know for sure that I did go to AA meetings and I would hear people talk about different things at AA meetings and you know, how they were feeling emotionally and that kind of thing, which was good for me to do because I was able to relate to them. And I did go to a therapist and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that that 2015 year was definitely a a big struggle. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you got sober on your own or if you utilize the 12-step program or a therapist or anything like that. Yeah, so the AA was... I wouldn't go and share and I didn't really do like the 12 steps or anything. It was just, I would go and listen. And then for me, it was like, Oh, I can relate to every single person talking. So yeah, maybe I do have a problem, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. it isn't just, you know, fun on weekends. I'm having fun. I'm young kind of thing. I was hearing what these guys, they were saying and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I've done that. I've done that. Um, And then yeah, the therapist was therapist was great too. And and like I said to you earlier, it's like my mental health has been great lately and I haven't been to him in a while, but I would go, you know, once every couple of weeks or once a month. It just really depended on how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. It was what he said. Sorry, I got a scratch in my throat. <clears> That's okay. What he said was for me, it was like coming to see him was like a diabetic getting a shot of insulin. I would come, I would get that shot from him. And then I would be good to go for if it was a month, two months, two weeks, whatever it was, but it was that shot of insulin that I needed. Wow. And I think that shot is, I think that shot is now different. I think it's when I go and play hockey, when I hang Mm -hmm. out with my kid, when I hang out with my friend, like, I think those are now kind of the shots that I need. Yeah. I love that. I love how it shows too, as we evolve and grow that the things that worked for us, you know, mm-hmm. years ago aren't necessarily the things that we need right now. And within regards to men, we were talking about men being vulnerable and stuff. Do you have men like that in your life, like a safe place to go, like a brotherhood, so to speak, where you can be yourself and be open and not judgmental? And yeah, yeah, I would, I would say so for sure. Um, I just want to backtrack for a sec too, because something you said I wanted to address Uh, for people getting sober as well. What worked for me is likely not going to work for the person beside me or for you or for whoever. Right. So it's like you find those things and it goes along with the mental health stuff as well. You find the things that work for you and you're going to do things that don't work for you. Or you're going to go see a therapist and it's not going to work out. You're going to be like, that was no good. Well, don't just stop going find someone that you jive with because I think my fiance 
<laughs> Excuse me. Jeez, I don't know what's going on. I think my fiance said it where if you got a bad haircut, you wouldn't just never get a haircut again, would you? <laughs> right. You would go find a new hairdresser that would cut your hair better. So it's the yeah. same thing with a therapist. Find someone that works with you and run with it. And then when the time comes and you're like, oh, I don't really feel like I, I haven't been to see him or her in six months. That's weird. Well, yeah, it's because maybe things are going good, right? And then maybe things aren't. You need to see. It's just everything's different for each individual. And I think that's awesome that you pointed that out because that's so important to say. Yeah, I'd love to piggyback off that because that is really important. And I was thinking about how many coaches I even had to go through before I found a coach that was really aligned with my values mm -hmm. and just it was just a great mirror for what exactly I needed. And none of those previous coaches also I wanted to point out were a waste of my time or mm -hmm. energy or money because I actually learned something by going through those. So I also want to say, don't, don't write off your experiences if they're not exactly what you're looking for or what totally. you want, because they are there to teach you something, even if it's about yourself. Absolutely. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Awesome. So what do you hope for people right now? When it comes to if someone's struggling with sobriety or mental health? Anything. What do you Anything? hope for the world? Oh, boy. Let's, let's go a, big. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, You know, it, 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 I just wish people were more accepting, right? It's just we're dealing with so much in the world where people aren't okay with other people just being who they want to be and I think that's I don't know I just see and we all see it this like hateful stuff online and it's like why are you taking energy and directing it at someone you don't even know for who they want to be like why not just take that energy put it elsewhere and let that person be who they want to be because it has no effect on you right so I just I think acceptance it's like if everyone was accepting in this world it'd be a whole lot better wouldn't it hundred percent. I always think of like the three A's, um, awareness, acceptance, and action, even when it comes to my personal life and acceptance is such like a key point because how can we, how can we sit here and preach even being authentic if we can't accept somebody else mm -hmm. for their authenticity, even if we don't think it's authentic. Like, who are we to judge that really, truly? And I agree with you. I'm like, why waste your energy on judging somebody else? And I also think that's a direct reflection to something that might be happening internally, like either yep. we're judging ourselves, or there's something that we're not happy with about ourselves, or we're hurting and, and we're just projecting it outwards. That's, that's totally it. And that was, uh, that was something I realized, I think, um, probably near the tail end of the pandemic was um, everyone handled the pandemic differently and everyone had their opinions and this and that. And at first when someone had an opinion, when it came to the pandemic that I was like, Hey, that's ridiculous. Like I don't agree with it. And I would get kind of like angry about it. Like, why aren't you just doing this and, you know, let's getting back to regular life kind of thing. But then it's like, no, everyone reacts to things differently because they just, they have different things that have gone on in their life or what not everyone views the world the same as me. Yeah. Same as this person, whatever. But there are certain things that um, there are certain things that 
like I think COVID where people had differing opinions, whatever. I was like, okay, now I'm accepting that. But when accepting a person for who they are, there's not differing opinions. There's like, no, just accept that person. There's one opinion. This is who they want to be. Accept that person and let's carry on with life. But there are not people out there like that. So Yeah. And it doesn't mean we have to like them. We can Mm -hmm. accept somebody and even have love for them, but it doesn't mean we have to like them. I always think of this metaphor of going to like an all you can eat restaurant and you try a whole bunch of different foods out. But if there's something that you don't like, you wouldn't keep going back to the Mm -hmm. thing you don't like and keep eating it. Just, you know what I mean? We're allowed Mm -hmm. to have our preferences and opinions, but every single person has a different perspective of the world and of Mm -hmm. themselves. And that's huge because our perspective of the world, even though there might be things happening around us that we don't like, it's our perspective of the world that genuinely gives us our experience of the world, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really, oh, is your, is your son waking up? He's making noise. He might settle back down. We'll let him, we'll let him uh, stir for a bit. Okay. If uh, if that happens, I can always cut this piece out too. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. a good editor, so <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll just keep it in. I think this is real life too. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. But if you have to go, Mark, we'll just we'll just bring it to a close and yeah. Well, I'll, no, I got a few more minutes. We'll let them try to we'll let them try to get uh, get settled. I don't want to rush out by any means. Okay. Um, well, I will ask you a couple of questions then just in case, Yeah. where do you see, if you had to give like this next chapter of your life, a title, what would Ooh. that be? Oh, title. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, um, oh man. Growth probably just because like I'm, I'm now a new dad and you know, we plan on having new kids. So I'm going to grow as a new dad and I'm going to get married in 2024. So grow as a partner and a husband. So I think that's how I would title it. Good question. You kind of put me on the spot with that one. <laughs> that's awesome. Growth is always good. Yeah. And, con- and congratulations, by the way, on Thank on you. your engagement and getting married. That's exciting. Thank you. And yeah, you're very welcome. And out of all your life experience, up until this very moment, what would be one or two sentences of wisdom from all of that that you would want to leave behind? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think that it would be in the moment, you might think something is awful and you're struggling with it. But in the end, everything that happens in your life is going to teach you something and get you to the place where you need to go. Like that relationship that ended in 2015 was, was, was tough for me. Right. And now that's got me to where I am today, almost eight years sober and all this good stuff in my life. Right. So that's what I would say. He's not settling either. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. Can I ask you one more question? Yes. Yes. Okay. So the name of this podcast is winning the divine lottery. When you hear that, what, what do you think that means for you? Winning the divine lottery, what that means. Um, I The thing that pops into my head is the universe looking out for me. Like I said, when I got sober, the universe was like, here, you got sober and 
we're going to reward you or I'm going to reward you or whatever with all this stuff. So I think for me, getting sober was winning the divine lottery. That's incredible. And Mm -hmm. that's priceless. That's so valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to let you go get your little man. I'm so so sorry. I, I hope you, uh, I hope you got, uh, got what you wanted here and and we talked long enough i i thought he would stay down but apparently not but you're right this is this is real life and this we're is being real authentic, life right yeah abs- <laughs> right exactly well thank you yeah. mark it's been such a pleasure and uh we'll chat with you again soon okay sounds good amy take care okay. always good chatting with you and catching up say hi to your parents for me i, I will okay bye okay, bye This conversation with Mark was so incredible and inspiring. I hope you felt that too. And I just love how it was real life that his son kind of dictated naturally when the episode was supposed to come to a completion. So with that, I'd love to share with you today's winning takeaways. When we can formulate things around our lives that matter to us the most, this can really support our mental health. If someone doesn't like you for who you are, then that could mean they're not meant to be in your life. Just be yourself. People are going to appreciate who you are. What works for one person might not work for another, but stay open and find the thing that does work for you. Let people be themselves and start showing more acceptance. Everyone reacts to things differently. Not everyone views the world the same as me. Everything that happens in your life is going to teach you something and get you to the place where you need to go. Thanks so much for joining me here today. I hope you loved this episode and enjoyed all the great takeaways. Please subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. I would love to hear your feedback. And do go ahead and share this with family and friends so that we can all be inspired to winning the divine lottery. Hop on over to my Instagram at amydons1111 for more daily inspiration. We'll see you soon.